Nostalgia can be a wonderful thing, can bring back many a great memory and just do a range of really good times. But sometimes nostalgia is best left in the past and you are best moving on. And that was really the case with uh, Raw's 30, or Raw's Triple X, to give it its porno name. So, yes, uh, I watched the entirety of this show. Uh, this is the first time I've watched a full wrestling show since Elimination Chamber last February. And it will be the last time for quite some time. What this was, a couple of decent moments aside, there was a couple of entertaining segments, but mostly this was a reminder of why I have completely zoned out of professional wrestling and um, why I'd, I gave up on it essentially last year. This was one of those things, I'd watch it just to see what did they put, did, would they put anything decent on? You know, it's a, it's a landmark occasion, it's a show that I'd watched week in, week out for years on end. So, you know, 30th anniversary was a pretty big landmark and... Like I said, one or two good moments aside, this show was mostly boring. And in fact, in the final hour, it crossed over into being pretty terrible and damn near unwatchable. But we'll get to that. So we started off with uh, Hulk Hogan. And, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall here when his mic wouldn't work. I mean, that was a sign already. Now, it was good to see Jimmy Hart. I was like, I mean, that guy never ages, seemingly. So, but, um, you know, Hulk Hogan, look, I'm a fan of Hulk Hogan as a performer, especially as a kid and everything like that. Some great moments, especially Hogan Rock and things like that. But what he's like as a person, not so much. But, you know, here, he was just doing the same old shtick. This really didn't add anything to it. It's, it's just tired at this point. You know, what can I say? It, nothing really to get excited about here. Uh, I will say this though, the video package at the start was excellent. And that's one thing WWE has always been great at for years on end. And that's one thing they still got going for them. But this video package was fantastic. They could go through, they have to go through like 30 years of footage here to come up with all these little highlights and they cut it together seamlessly. Big thumbs up for this. This was fantastic. So the show proper started with uh, the bloodline. It was like the trial of Zami's, uh, Sami Zayn. Originally, this was meant to be some sort of a Samoan family acknowledgement segment or something like that, originally. Uh, I did see like a YouTube video the other day when it was, I seen some like Billy Batty who, you know, he's a, he's a fucking arsehole, let's be honest. But, you know, he was sitting there saying that while it was still scheduled to be the acknowledgement thing, one of the ideas was they were going to have The Rock's mum there and he didn't say this was definitely going to happen. He just said this was a, being one of the ideas discussed and that Roman Reigns would try and get The Rock's mum to acknowledge him, which actually sounded quite good. That sounded really dramatic and interesting. What we got here, I know a lot of people enjoyed this. Uh, I was bored at my mind during this. Maybe if I was following the storyline, I'd maybe be more engaged. But uh, not to me, I, I was just bored. And this, this, this went on for way too long. I'm pretty sure it's still going on. It was that fucking long. But, you know, you've got Paul Heyman. It's the same shtick over and over again with Paul Heyman. It's, it's just so one-dimensional. And, you know, you, a lot of people just blow smoke up his arse. But a lot of the marks who say on this site, who suck his dick constantly, are also the same people, ironically enough, who'll turn around and say, Vince Russo put WCW out of business. And yet, here's the ironic thing, you know, I... I a writer can't put up a wrestling company out of business. He doesn't sign the checks. He doesn't make the business decisions. But Paul Heyman gets away Scott Free, who literally did put his own fucking company out of business with his bad business decisions. And has he still paid the people that he owes 20-odd years ago? Nah, I don't think he fucking thinks so. But he gets away Scott Free, you know, with, with, with the marks. So that's mark logic for you, though. Whatever. 
Uh, yeah, same old shit. He's doing the prosecution for Sami Zayn. Uh, Jey Uso later comes in and does the defence for him. Now, I'll say one thing I liked about this. This made sense to do this because if, like me, you haven't been following this storyline, you haven't seen it, but at least these clips actually fill you in and fill in what's been, what's happened here. And they'll know a lot of people will be tuning in. This will be the only show they've watched in a long time. So this will actually fill them in. So this actually made sense to do this. It made it longer, for sure, but it did make sense. I could see why they did this. So at least they didn't assume that you know everything. That, you know. So uh, the other thing, though, is I've been hearing all these people raving about, oh, Sami Zayn's been so fantastic. Sami Zayn this and Sami Zayn that. And to be, he's always annoyed me, like, but, okay, this was the chance. So he gets the mic and he starts talking in the same annoying voice. It's, it's the same neurotic bullshit over and over again. I don't see what people see in this guy. Maybe I was missing something, but no, it's just, to me, it's just the same old, same old. Don't care. Not interested. Don't, don't care to see any more of this. You know, uh, Roman, I, I mean, to be fair, I'm guessing that the Usos want him around so in, in case uh, Jimmy decides to get bloated again and then dr drive his car drunk and endanger other people's lives, you know, at least Sammy can drive them in his Uber, so that's okay. He could be the designated driver. But, you know, oh, of course, though, you know, Jimmy Uso, though, always gets to keep his job despite multiple DUIs, but because that's nowhere near as bad as getting your tits out on fan time, apparently. So there you go. That's what it is. But, um, yeah, so this segment bored the shit out of me. You know, I mean, you know, Roman found him not guilty, but then they started putting over about how he'll be, they'll see what he's like on Saturday or something. I can't remember what he said. At least they actually sort of put in something to the Royal Rumble. It didn't make me want to see it, but, you know, at least they're, for the people interested, they're, there's your little trail into that. And he's fighting Kevin Owens again. You know, they did this two years ago. You know, when I was watching more regularly. And I was kind of like, Kevin Owens kept losing title matches against Roman Reigns. And he kept getting title shots. I mean, you're doing it again. I mean, it wasn't even good two years ago. So so why are you doing it again? And this just shows up the whole the whole lack of depth here. And the, the whole repetitive bullshit. You know, whatever. Uh, next up, you know, I had the tag match. It was uh, the Usos versus Judgment Day uh, for the tag titles. I think the Raw tag titles they said it was for. And um, to me, look, I, I can't get it. This was just a typical modern wrestling match. It was I lost count at the amount of fucking super kicks that were in this match. It was just constant super kicks. People will say, oh, well, this was a banger. And I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> to me, it was just the same old, same old. A lot of people have been putting over the Dominic Mysterio's apparently got a character now. Like, he was in jail or something, and he's playing up this gangster thing. I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard a lot of people, even Vince Russell, who hates everything WWE is for the most part, he's put it over. Um, you know, so I, you didn't get to see that here because it was just wrestling, but whatever. Uh, the match bored me. You know, Jimmy Uso got injured and then Sammy took his place. This actually made sense leading in with the storyline and Sammy wins the match. So it's kind of made sense with that. Wasn't really, not my cup of tea, but I suppose if you're into that type of wrestling and things, yeah, they'll, they'll have enjoyed it, so, yeah, cool, whatever. Much better, though, for me, and this is where things actually started getting much more interesting, was uh, LA Knight. Now, this was the first time I've seen him in WWE, because I remember it was Eli Drake, when who used to watch TNA years back, and he was he'd be always a good talker and everything there, and he was good. You can actually see them. it's night and day with him and most of the other roster. Even, like, Jey Uso was talking later. He's fucking shite on the mic. But LA Knight was really good, really, co really poised, really confident. And of course, you hear the dong, and then it's the, like the Undertaker's dead man dong kind of thing. <laughs> Sounds like a 
that sounds like a snuff film porno, like the dead man's dong or something like that. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, and then, you know, The Undertaker comes out, but he actually comes out as the American badass, which was great. This was cool, actually, because we've not seen this in front of a crowd in, like, 20 years, because you've seen a brief glimpse of it in the Boneyard match, but, of course, that was, like, the COVID WrestleMania, so... So this was cool, actually, and it made sense now to do this because kind of the dead man's kind of gone now because he's he's retired and now he's doing more shoot interviews and more promotional stuff with the media and things like that. He's more you're seeing more of Mark Calloway out in real life. So for him to come in as this was actually made sense. It was actually the right time to do it. This made sense. You had like Ellie Knight as well, continue to talk to him and good little line where he talked about the the locker room being soft and things like that. That was actually really well done. I like his comments from a couple of years ago. So I like that, I like what they did there. Um, so then we've moved on to out came Bray Wyatt, coming out with his lantern and things. Uh, then, you know, you've got Undertaker grabs LA Knight. It looks like he's going to do the choke slam, but he just pushes him to Wyatt and Wyatt does the sister Abigail. That made sense because if it had been like Undertaker just beating up a guy who's meant to have a match at the Royal Rumble, it would have been a bit... Hmm burying the guy beforehand but you know that kind of made sense and you've got Undertaker whispered something why a lot of people are like really excited by this saying oh it's going to move for the moment it's like if they'd never been together at any point this is the first time they ever appeared on screen together maybe that would have been the case but you know Undertaker just went and beat him at Wrestlemania 31 and then they had another match at Survivor Series 2015 it was Undertaker and Kane versus Wyatt and um, I think it was Luke Harper at the time not quite sure. I, it was either it probably was Luke Harper or it might have been Eric Rowan. I can't remember. But you know, and then they just beat the Wyatt family again. So it's it's not like it's the first time they've ever been on screen together. It would have been a cooler moment then. And you know, people say, oh, it's Passion of the Torch. It's like, like Bray Wyatt's no Undertaker. Let's be real. Let's be. I'm sorry. It's just not. He's a good creative guy. He's a good actor, and he's got some good ideas. But then again, a lot of his stuff's also goofy bullshit as well. So you know, and now. From what I've been hearing about the stuff he's been doing, it sounds an awful lot like the same old shit. To be like, I like the funhouse and everything like that, don't get me wrong, but other, some of the other stuff, like with the Lantern and the old Wyatt family, it sounds an awful lot like the same thing. And the Uncle Howdy thing, what I've seen, it, I've seen a couple of clips and they're awful. I'm sorry, it's awful, this Howdy thing. Absolute garbage. So... It sounds like the same old goofy bullshit, but now that McMahon's back in the company, you know, people, know, when it go, inevitably goes to shit, and it will... Bray Wyatt won't get any blame for it, Vince McMahon, or Triple H won't get any blame for it either, Vince McMahon will get all the blame, just watch and see, I'm telling you straight, that's what's going to happen, but there you go, this was a fun segment, I actually liked it, it would have been more fun though, I'm not going to lie, Undertaker just went and tombstone Wyatt, that would have been funny as fuck, but never mind, up next, uh, there was meant to be a steel cage match for Becky Lynch and Bailey, but you know, uh, Bailey's group, Damaged Goods or whatever the fuck they're called, uh, beat up Becky before the match, and then just beat, it was just a beat down. To be fair, I was happy with this. I had no interest in seeing the match. Plus, neither of them, got, neither Becky nor Bailey, got promo time, which is always a bonus for me. I didn't want to hear them talk. This actually, I was happy with this. Maybe not for the right reasons. Everyone else was angry. I was like, oh, I want people to see my match. I was like, I don't care. So I was happy with this. So I'm giving this a thumbs up. So maybe not for the right reasons, but still. You know, I, I, I mean, who wants to hear Billy and her droning promos? Ding dong, hello. Fucking shite. And Becky Lynch and her, hosha, 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 I'm the man. I'm going to say this, though. I'm going to give Becky credit. I did see a little clip, uh, just a t small clip of her doing, like, 
uh, Cindy Lauper and Young Rock. When I heard she was cast as that, I was like, I can see it visually, but uh, I don't know. But to be fair, she did the accent great. She, maybe she should talk in accents more often rather than a real voice, because a real voice is annoying as fuck. So, yeah, just a thought. Just a thought. But fair, fair play to her. Fair play to her. But uh, yeah, I was fine with this. And of course, <laughs> the thing about that uh, Bailey group is even the March don't like this group. That's how fucking bad it is. I mean, the, the most Triple H thing ever is to give Bailey uh, a stable with him in it and uh, with her and some NXT darlings. It's, that is the most Triple H thing ever. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. Anyway, speaking of Triple H, uh, this next part was a lot more fun. Yeah, the DX coming out, right? And at first it was like, hang on a minute, is that Kurt Angle out with them? This is random. This was actually quite funny. Road Dog was going to do his shtick, turned around and Kurt Angle's there. And he was just like, yeah, I've always wanted to be a part of beat a DX. Almost like filling in for Billy Gunn, which was actually funny. Kurt's comic timing is still there. He's still funny. You know, you've got to love Kurt Angle. Uh, there were some good points here. You had Imperium, I think they're called, coming out. Uh, they were boring as fuck, as you'd imagine. Uh, but they they were wanting to fight D, DX and things, and Triple H squared up to, uh, I think his name's Gunther, and was like, nah, I'm retired, which was actually quite funny, and they were all coming up with reasons why they wouldn't, they wouldn't fight him, which was funny. Uh, and this segment was actually entertaining until oh, god-awful burn-it-down sound event came in, or music started, and out came Seth Rollins. Uh, this guy's even more cringe than I can remember, coming up to him stupid laughing and flailing about, Coming up the ramp, he's he's even worse than I remember, and that and that's saying something. Uh, I don't think he got promo time because I actually did fast forward like a minute or so. So if he did, it was brief, but I didn't hear him speak, so that's a bonus. And Street Profits came out, so there's going to be like a six man, obviously. But Triple H is like, oh, this booking isn't as easy as it as it should, as it looks. And then of course you knew what was coming next. That's right. Fucking Teddy Long came out, holla, 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 six-man tag team match players. So, yeah, good to see Teddy Long. And on another point as well, I noticed that Adam Pearce, for some reason, is still the authority figure. It's like, that guy is boring as fuck. So you give uh, a role which is mainly talking to somebody who's boring as fuck and can't talk worth the shit. Yeah, that makes so much sense. But, you know, Teddy Long, throwback to when the GMs actually had personality. Good stuff. Good to see him. And uh, they want a special referee, and Kurt's got, not only has he got a DX t-shirt under his Kurt Angle t-shirt, he's got a referee t-shirt, so Kurt's the referee. Uh, Gerald R comes out for commentary, so it's nice to hear see hear him again, doing a lot of his old stick, but you know, it was fine. Oh, by the way, this new guy, the Irish guy, Kevin Patrick, I think his name is, uh, beyond boring on commentary. First time hearing him commentate, he's boring as fuck. So, that's it, that's the theme of the night here. And... The match here, this match was atrocious. It just went on for ages. It was this is when the show really, really after a couple of some decent a solid block of decent stuff here really fell off a cliff. This was just atrocious. I could not care less about this match. We come in now into the third hour and it just somehow managed to get worse. You've got all pervert himself, Ric Flair, coming out. and Thankfully, he managed to keep his dick in his pants this time, but he had this god-awful yellow suit. I mean, Ric Flair's just an embarrassment. I heard about that last match thing a few months ago. It, it just sounded like a complete embarrassment. And uh, the, the guy... Uh, and he's going about bashing other people and things like that constantly. You know, maybe he should lick in the fucking mirror, you know. 
<laughs> you could say the same about me, like, but I'm bashing him, but fuck it, I never said I wasn't a hypocrite. Anyway, uh, he then brings his annoying daughter out, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte is just fucking awful. You know, people were talking about, oh, Papa H, Papa H's book is so much different from Vince. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I actually heard what Charlotte came the night Charlotte came back she wins the title straight away it's like you couldn't make this shit up Charlotte Flair is so fucking boring that she has to be in the title picture like constantly and the thing about Charlotte is right years gone back we was talking about when when they actually had competition they actually cared about ratings for the show somebody like Charlotte would be nowhere near the top because even if they tried to push her it's like the audience don't like her the audience don't care she doesn't sell merch, doesn't sell tickets, doesn't draw ratings. So they'd be like, look, this push, this can't continue. If they actually had genuine fucking competition, they'd be like, yeah, okay, we, we need to, this ain't working, we have to do something else. But no, they just continue to push her constantly because Ric Flair's best pals were Triple H. So there you go. That's exactly what it is. I'm not saying she's not somewhat talented as an athlete, but you know her promos are awful. It's the same whether she's a face or a heel. She does sound like a robot. She sounds even even more robotic. It's, it, she is honestly. Remember the the South Park episode when Cartman was pretending to be a robot to Butters, like Osamo. I am Osamo. He sounds a lot more, a lot less robotic than she does. That's what her fucking promos are. And oh, so he, but, he, but you think it can't get any worse? Oh, just you wait. Bianca fucking Belair comes out, right? This is my first time ever hearing her do a promo properly. I've heard little bits of it. My God, she is fucking atrocious. She might just be the absolute worst on the mic. And that is saying something on this roster. She is atrocious. She She's terrible. And... And... She's just awful, and it's, everything about her comes across as heelish. It's like so she's meant to be this supposed beloved baby face, but everything's heelish about her. Her manners, her mannerism, the way she conducts herself, the whole uh, EST, that is a heel gimmick. Like, what is likeable about her character? Now, I'll say this I did see a brief clip of her uh, giving a real life interview, like as herself. She was very likeable. Why can't you get some of that? And, uh, this character to make her like him because this character and this character do not give me shit that this character is lower because this is another one who barely gets a crowd reaction who doesn't sell merch who doesn't draw ratings who doesn't draw anything on youtube segments and, and yet she's constantly in the top spot <laughs> unbelievable uh, then sonia deville comes in now, i don't mind sonia deville she's all right she's no great talker or anything like that but she's somewhat rescued the segment i mean she's the fucking rock compared to these two. Uh, oh god and uh, <laughs> i mean she did make a good line about well well you flew, flew your father out just to introduce you I'm like, well, yeah that was a waste of time exactly thank you for saying what we're all thinking there sonia uh, so then we have a match with bianca and sonia that goes on forever which has zero tension because it's obvious bianca Belair is going to win the match itself was boring as shit bianca wins and then you think ah oh, well whatever thankfully that's over but then bianca picks up the microphone again you're just like oh no jesus uh, but of course, uh, she starts to call out you know, Alexa Bliss. She's feuding with her, fighting her at the Royal Rumble on Saturday. And then, you know, Alexa comes on the Titan Tron. And, uh, you know, I've got to say this only two people really came out with, well, maybe three of, of the current roster came out with being any good at talking on this show. LA Knight. Sonya was okay. Okay, nothing great. She was just made, probably made to look better compared to the other t two utter 
crap that were in the ring. And Alexa, of course, Alexa Bliss speaks for herself, you know. This was short, the little promo, but she was good. Again, poise, confidence, does, delivers the, the lines extremely well. She's still good, let's be real. She, the glory days are gone with Alexa, let's be real. I mentioned that in my thing, like, you, the goddess thing was always going to be the peak. I know people will say, oh, but I work with Wyatt and her, her dark character is the best. Well, if that's the case, tell me this. How come when she was injured as the goddess... She was constantly kept on TV. They constantly found a role for her. But with the dark, spooky character, when she was back 100% healed last year, they took her off TV for months and completely off of WrestleMania when, when she was completely uh, completely healed, completely off TV for months. They couldn't find anything for her. But they always found something for her when she was the goddess. You know, just think about that for a minute. I'll just, I'll just let you, let you sit on that one. But you know, she does her promo well, and of course, there's all this thing. I seen the thing a couple of weeks ago. She actually, I seen her promo a couple of weeks ago. I seen that clip. I think it was, it was on TikTok, bizarrely enough, of all things, when she was standing on the the table doing it. And again, she was good. She was actually did a good promo. Again, nothing like the glory days or anything like that. But she was still good. Let's be real. And then you've got. Uncle Howdy or whatever his name is comes out and that shit is cringe as fuck and you just sort of know this is why the whole when you're attached to Bray Wyatt things just go down and, and I'll, I'll say, let's be real her career went quite badly downhill after being with Bray Wyatt it started off so well and like the stuff with her and Wyatt I don't actually blame Wyatt for this as well because it was after he went off you know the tragedy with Brodie Lee and things it started to go downhill as well when she was feuding with Orton and you had like the spewing up the black goo from a couple of years ago. That was all awful. It just really went south quite badly and that, and that debacle at WrestleMania with Orton and the Fiend. You know, it was, and then it led to Lily and it's just, God. And people could say, oh yeah, but what about the merch sales? It's like, well, yeah, well, the merch sales didn't get her onto WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or SummerSlam last year, did it? Did they do much fucking good there, did it? So, you know, at least I'll say one thing. I've seen a few clips over the last year of Alexa that when she she has not been herself, let's be real, on these shows. She's just looked... Some of the time, she's, any time I've seen a clip, there was a backstage one with her and Liv Morgan. I think it was in the run-up to Money in the Bank. And then she said something like, yeah, hey, I'm going to win the match, and then runs away. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is garbage. I mean, what have you done, Alexa? Plus, you completely fucking ruined her. But, you know, she looks a lot... This was better from what I've been seeing in recent months. So, you know, good for her. And, you know, wish Alexa Bliss all the best. You know, it's not going to be the same. I know it's not the same as, what, two years ago, three years ago, whatever. But, you know, he always there's always a special place for her. There's always been some great memories with her. I think she was the last great for me in, of the new people in, in wrestling. So, you know, she was the last she was the last bastion of hope, to be fair. And she had me clinging on for a lot longer than I should have. So, you know, she deserves credit for that for me. And she'll, though you always have a special place for someone like her. So, good luck to her. And uh, I seen she's had, I noticed she had to put her account on private again because of fucking marks on Twitter. And it's just like, I do feel bad for her. I know her, her uh, contract's meant to be up next January or something. I remember her in an interview with Maria Marunos a couple of years ago. She said January 2024. Like, if they're going to fuck her around and waste her, then, you know what, well, hopefully she, like, get some sort of age, get some active work, you know. I'm not talking about being like the big huge star in Hollywood like The Rock, but you know, she is too good to be slumming it on this crap, to be fair. But if she enjoys doing it, she enjoys doing it. So what can I say? Good good luck to her. All the best. Uh, and I do honestly think that this match with Belair and Bliss, I guarantee you the crowd is going to be pro pro Bliss on Saturday. Guarantee you. Belair's going to get I'm going to make a big prediction here. 
Belair's getting booed at the building. Because I hear people talking about when Alexa was attacking her in DDT and her in all these segments like last week and a couple of weeks ago, the crowd were chanting one more time and Belair's meant to be this beloved baby face. Nah, I'm sorry. Because the, the Belair getting buried by Becky Lynch at SummerSlam is the best thing that ever happened to her because it got her some sympathy because she was getting the force push without the crowds and all that there. But now people are really starting to get sick of Belair. So I, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I'll just I'll just leave that there. Uh, you had segments earlier backstage, like a poker game and things like that. It was good to see uh, Ron Simmons and the Godfather special. I've not seen him in ages. Um, and you know, apparently JBL is back on TV with Baron Corbin because they've got to do something to try and get that boring fuck over. But you know, they were kind of burying him as well, which is good. Calling him a stooge and things and saying his name's not on the list, and it shouldn't be because he's shite. So Baron Corbin's pish. That's that's all I've got to say about that. So, also we had uh, another segment, you had like the Miz moaning about how he's not got a, a great segment and then Kevin Owens just comes out and gives him the star and then Kevin Owens gets the microphone, screams a shit promo down the mic. <sighs> Kevin Owens. I gave him credit for the Stone Cold match and everything last year but God, Kevin, Kevin Owens doing the stunner, it's just stop it. And his promos are shit, honestly. Uh, and uh, whatever. And they've just... They're just completely ruined the Miz as well. There's another good talent ruined. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Cody Rhodes' video package, don't care. You know, like, it's a shame that he got injured and everything like that, but you know, I've never liked Cody Rhodes. He's, he just comes across as unlikable. And this is like the Mark's new thing. It's like, the Mark's like, oh, Cody Rhodes is amazing. He's got to win the Rumble. He's got to win the WrestleMania. It's like, if Cody Rhodes is your big star now, then you're in big trouble. It would be so fucking good if The Rock actually did come back at the Royal Rumble and won it and just sent the Marks into meltdown. It would be wonderful, but uh, never mind. We don't know what's happening with The Rock, so... Dave Meltzer say, apparently saying he won't, he won't make WrestleMania, but... So if Dave Meltzer's saying it, there's a good chance he actually might. So hopefully they, they really do need The Rock for Roman Reigns, because honestly, Reigns against Sami Zayn or Cody Rhodes, it's just... there's. The marks might cream themselves about it, but no one else will care. <laughs> Sorry, they just won't. And we got the main event was Bobby Lashley versus Austin Fury. No disqualification, US title. By this time, I was completely zoned out. Uh, so maybe I would like this match better if I was a bit more engaged. But yeah, whatever. Brock Lesnar comes out, attacks both of them. F5s Fury on Lashley and pins them. So I'm guessing they're setting up Lesnar and Lashley for WrestleMania. Yeah. Whatever, I mean, yeah, I Overall, a few good seg two good segments, I would say. The LA Knight thing uh, with, with Undertaker, that was good. And the DX stuff was fun. Uh, but other than that, this show was mixed from boring to drizzling shits. And it was just a reminder of... There was a few little glimpses and reminders of why I used to love Raw and used to love wrestling and the WWE. But there was far more reminders of why I stopped watching it and giving up on it. And I'll say, yeah, the Alexa promo was good. It was short. It was only like two minutes, but it was good, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> any chance, any thoughts of maybe giving the Royal Rumble a shot on Saturday? Uh, no. <laughs> you know, I ain't resubscribing to the network or anything. You know, even in the off chance The Rock does somehow come back and win the Rumble, you'd have to sit through, like, four hours of guff to get to that. So, you know, if it happens, I'll watch a YouTube clip or whatever, and then I'll, if The Rock is going to come back onto TV, I'll watch that, watch his segments. But, um, yeah, whatever. So, 
Anyway, <laughs> no offence if you still enjoy this. This is just me. It was a throwback. It, it was a one-off. I'm not going to be doing many wrestling reviews going forward unless something incredibly amazing happens. But uh, there you go. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen and goodbye.